two weeks ago, we had a wonderful children's drama. Um, and man, didn't they do an awesome job for our children? Praise God. I know a lot of them are downstairs, so if they listen later, they'll hear this. But just we have an awesome group of people that are just, just go out of their way to, to try to help our young people uh, get to know Jesus. And so, and then last week, we were busy celebrating the 10th year anniversary of our pastor and his family and just all of that God is doing. And so I guess, guess, I guess this Sunday, it's just, we're just back to us. It's just back to the refuge family. We had a lot of guests and family. So it's been a while uh, since we've done Deeper Waters. And so we're really in the smack dab middle of a series called The New Birth. And so really what we've looked at so far, we've looked at John the Baptist came preaching repentance, water baptism for the remission of sins, and a coming baptism of the Holy Spirit. The, John the Baptist really fulfilled a lot of Old Testament prophecies that God said, hey, look, I'm sending my messenger, and he's going to go before you to prepare, prepare my, the way for me. And then we had Jesus proclaim the entrance of the kingdom of God would require new birth, and that's in John 3 the beginning of John 3 there, and then it says the only way to get rid of the old nature is to be reborn, which we know that that's impossible for us to do by ourselves, but it, nothing is impossible for God. So with God, that is certainly possible to be reborn. We've looked at establishing that everyone is required to experience new birth according to the, to the Bible to get into heaven. In the new birth, according to Ephesians, uh, there is life giving to our spirit through the Holy Spirit baptism. Praise God for that, that resurrection power that Brother Tamil talked about. The thief on the cross and other people in the physical day of Jesus were under the law of Moses and did not require a new birth experience. So we spent some time looking at that. And then Jesus himself was under the law, and we know that according to Paul's letter to the Galatian church. The Holy Spirit baptism was not poured out until Jesus was glorified. And then Paul emphatically told us, and again reminded us what the gospel was in his letter to the Corinthians church. So the gospel literally is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then we know that that can be applied to our lives based on Acts and uh, Peter's message to the very, very first apostolic message in Acts 2 there at the, at the end, or all of Acts chapter 2 really. And then the completion and preaching of the gospel is what really split the Old Testament and the New Testament up. The door of the kingdom of God was not open until the gospel was completed by Jesus. And the gospel was completed by Jesus at Jesus' resurrection. And again, it was made available in Acts chapter 2 uh, to the Jews and then later to the Gentiles, praise God, in, in Acts chapter 10. So that gets us to today. And so we've been kind of gone from deeper waters, but hey, we're back. We're back to diving in deeper. That was for Pastor Chad. He's not up here. But this week, for a few moments, we're going to look at easy believism. And so really this is a mindset that if people believe in God, um, if you believe in God, that you're going to go to heaven. Or it's, it's thinking that confession or some sort of just mental belief alone can save. And really, it, when you just boil it all the way down, it's any plan other than the one laid out by Jesus and the apostles. And so it should not surprise us if people believe easily in a God who makes no demands. But this is just not the God of the Bible. Satan has cleverly misled people by whispering that they can be saved without being changed. But this is the devil's lie. So the struggle probably for most people really is kind of what's God's part of this and what's my part of this whole salvation process. And so depending on your own studies of the Bible, depending on the different churches that you may have gone to in the past, depending on how you were raised, uh, is going to shed a whole lot of light on um, kind of your worldview and how you view this. 
And to further complicate it, even churches under the Christian banner have different ideas or different spins on salvation. And so I did a little quick Google search, typed in Churches of Liberty, and I'm not going to name all the different churches that I looked at. Don't remember all of them, but there's a lot of them. And so I just wrote down some of their beliefs about salvation. And so I'm just going to read those to you real quick. One of them said, God's free gift to us, but we must accept it. We can never make up for our sin by self-improvement or good works, only by trusting in Jesus Christ as God's offer for, of forgiveness. Can anyone be saved from sin's penalty? When we turn from our self-ruled life and turn to Jesus in faith, we are saved. Eternal life begins the moment one receives Jesus Christ into his or her life by faith. Salvation. We believe that regeneration by the Holy Spirit is essential for the salvation of the lost and that this salvation is holy by grace through faith. Salvation. We believe a person is saved from God's wrath and receives eternal life at the time of his or her repentance and faith in Christ. Repentance involves confession and turning from sin. Faith is personal and confidence and trust in the saving work of Jesus on behalf of mankind through his sacrificial death and resurrection. Salvation cannot be achieved by Kind deeds or good works, but only by grace through faith, which is the gift of God. Some of them are wordy, and then some of them are salvation. is God's free gift to us, but we must accept it. Salvation. We can never make up for sin by self-improvement or good works, only by trusting in Jesus Christ as God's offer to forgiveness. Can anyone be saved from sin's penalty? When we turn from our self-ruled life and turn to Jesus in faith, we are saved. Eternal life begins the moment one receives Jesus Christ into his life by faith. Sounds like I just read that one. I just did. That was copied. <laughs> Sounds like some churches are copying each other's. So not only do we have different people thinking one thing, we have uh, churches like, oh, that sounds good. Let me paste and copy this and take out all the personal pronouns, and that's, and that's, what, we're, and that's what we're copying. <laughs> Salvation comes to people on the basis of God's grace through faith in Jesus alone. They receive the free gift of forgiveness and are spiritually reborn through repenting of their sin and believing in Jesus Christ, good works, and a holy life, although a total, totally unable to save anyone, are the natural product of a repentant, believing people. And then the last one here, salvation. We believe that salvation is a gift of God given to humanity by grace and received by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith is more than mental agreement, intellectual acceptance, or verbal profession. It includes trust, reliance, and commitment. We cannot separate saving faith from obedience. People are saved by repenting of their sins, being baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission or the removal of those sins, and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, the infilling of the Spirit of God. Hopefully that last one sounds a little bit familiar. That's on your church's website. <laughs> like, I didn't know that. Now you do. Praise God. And so, wow, if you were just in the community, oh my goodness, and you went out and just typed in Churches in Liberty and started pulling up these churches and just started looking at what they believe. I mean, you, you're going to come, you could come to all sorts of different conclusions. And so, you know, but again, all of us, it's a journey. And so thank God that it is a journey. Praise God. And that all of us, at some point, we get to start our spiritual walk. And we get to start, start this journey. And so, hey, no matter how long you've been here or if this is your first time here, your first time watching online, hey, we welcome you. We welcome you wherever you are on your journey to heaven. Praise God. And it doesn't matter where you are. The plan is, is that God wants us to grow and to keep growing. And so it, it doesn't really matter what you came in here believing. We're going to dive into the word, and we're going to let the word determine what we believe. Praise God. And so obviously from, from everything that we just read 
and from everything we've looked at within the New Birth series, we know that this whole process doesn't start without some belief or some faith. And so really that's all that's going to be the first step of everyone's journey is that I believe. Yes, I believe and I identify, yes, that that's Jesus did that for me. Praise God. But it's more than just belief, and it's more than just say, accepting or recognizing what Jesus did for me. And th- we don't, but we don't ever want to get past what Jesus did. Praise God, because what Jesus did, we could never do. Praise God. I'd never want to go to an old rugged cross. I would never want my blood spilled out. Praise God. But thank, thanks be to God that He did that for us. So we know, yeah, I don't ever want to downplay that, because that without that, none of this, none of this, none of this even matters. Without that, praise God. And so when we really look at the, when we look at where this word belief comes from in the Hebrew, um, it it really means to support, confirm, be faithful, to support, confirm, be faithful, uphold, nourish. You can think about it like pillars upholding a building or supporting doors to be established, to be faithful, made firm, sure, lasting, verified, confirmed, reliable, to stand firm, to trust, to be certain, to believe in. But the most important of all of that is that this word is really a verb. So anytime when we come across the word believe in the Bible, we really need to think about, hey, what, what do I need to do? Or what, did, what were they doing to establish that belief? Because that belief, there was always a bunch of action behind of that. Praise God. So let's jump into the word. Let's go to Romans chapter 10. This is reading out of the New Living Translation. This is Paul to the church in Rome. He says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead... You will be saved. So what Paul is really saying is just, hey, that beginning journey, that if you put your faith in God, and because we know that that's an action word, that belief in God, that, that, your, that belief is going to cause some actions that are going to lead to you being saved. It says, for, for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So then he says, as the scriptures tell us, Anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. And then Paul, that's a quotation from Isaiah 28. Verse 2, it says, Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. Verse 13, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And this is a really famous verse in our Christian movement. But Paul wasn't declaring a new salvation plan or a different salvation plan. Paul was just a Bible quizzer. <laughs> Paul was just quoting Old Testament scripture. He was just looking back and quoting Joel. And these are the same verses that are Joel chapter 2, just like a few verses right after God is promising all of these things to Israel. And God's promising that he's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. And your, your men and your women are going to dream dreams and all of these things. And then like a couple verses later, Joel says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so Paul's not declaring a new gospel or creating a new gospel or the gospel is already established. Paul is just, he's just quoting scripture. And so, but we're never going to just look at one verse of scripture. We're going to use the whole, all of scripture. And so we'll continue on. It says, verse 14, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. Praise God. So if you don't know what you're supposed to do after you're supposed to leave here from today, you're supposed to go tell somebody. Tell somebody the good news. Praise God. 
you came in today, you feel a little down, you feel a little struggle, life's just not what you thought it was, I promise you if you go find someone to tell about Jesus, things will start working themselves out. Things will just start fixing themselves. You don't have to go see a counselor. Some things you may want to, but you start sharing your faith. This is a funny way how God starts to fix things in our own lives as we begin to share the gospel. And then verse 16 says, but not everyone welcomes the good news. In the King James Version it says, but not everyone has obeyed the gospel. And it says, for Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? And then that's from Isaiah 53. And if you know Isaiah 53, that's, that's the passage where Isaiah begins to just talk about all of the things that are going to happen to the Messiah. And so at the end of Paul's little discourse here, he goes, he, he basically sums it up with saying, hey, but not everyone's really obeyed the gospel. They have some belief. They have some faith. They have this journey, and it started but not everyone has fully obeyed or welcomed the good news. And so if you take these two different translations, to welcome the good news is to obey the gospel. So when the good news is preached unto me, when the, when the death and the burial and the resurrection is preached unto me, how I welcome that into my life is not just saying, yes, I agree with that or, you know, hey, thank you, Jesus, for doing that. But I, I apply it to my life. And we know that we apply it to our lives by Acts, Acts chapter 2. And then he closes it all up that says, so faith comes from hearing, and that is hearing the good news about Christ. Praise God. And so believing is more than just, again, mental assent or reciting a sinner's prayer, although really inherently there's nothing wrong with those things. And those are, you know, again, like I said, that's just a really great place to start, <laughs> saying, God, hey, I'm a sinner, <laughs> recognizing that and saying it out loud. John says, hey, I must decrease and that he, so he can increase. Praise God. Every time that we can decrease, you know, that's going to allow God to increase in our lives. Praise God. And so true faith requires action and obedience. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4 it says, It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. So the Bible, again, in Hebrews 11, goes through a huge long list of a whole bunch of men and women that had faith. But the only reason we really knew that they had faith was because of what they did. Verse 5, it says, it was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek for him. Verse 7 says, It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood and obeyed God, who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. Verse 8 says, It was by faith that Abraham obeyed God when he called him to leave home and to go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. So as you know, if you've ever sat through a Bible study, it's always grace, faith, and obedience all mixed together. Praise God. And th grace is, hey, God letting me know, God coming to earth, hey, this is what you need to do. So God has gone way, 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 way out of his way to give us grace. Praise God. And so now it's, it's really up to me mixing faith and obedience together um, to bring about a, a complete salvation process. Praise God. And just like, just like these men of old, 
hey, they didn't, know what they, they didn't know where they were going. Abraham was looking for a city who had a foundation, whose builder and maker was God. Hey, we're on this journey today. Just like these men of old, these women of old, we're on that same journey. And we just have to continue every day to mix our faith and obedience together in light of God's grace for our salvation. And as Pastor always says, none of us saved until we get on the other side. <laughs> Praise God. This is a daily thing that we have to do. It's a daily thing that we need to strive for. And we have to purposely go after it, just like Noah building that boat. It took him years and years and years to build that boat, day in, day out, sweat and tears. But he did it. Praise God. James chapter 2, closing this all out, it says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if... If you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions, can that kind of faith save you? So James here, the writer, is going to kind of get down to where we are. He's going to take us from something we know to something maybe that we, we didn't know. And he, verse 15 says, suppose you see a brother or a sister who has no food or clothing. And you say to them, goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give, if you don't give that person any food or clothing, what good does that do? You know, hey, I, I hope you, I hope you, I, I hope you find some clothes. I hope you can get to the store and find some food. My actions are going to show what kind of faith that I have. What kind of belief do I have about God is going to come out by how we interact with each other, by how I respond to people in need. So it says, so you see by faith. So, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces some good deeds or some good actions, it is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith if you believe there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you, you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened, just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God and God counted it to him as righteousness because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Rahab, the prostitute, is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so faith is dead without good works. And so you may be here today, and on your journey, it may have, you may only got to just maybe a sinner's prayer or recognizing, hey, yes, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. But let's let faith and obedience mix together. And let's let that propel us forward into full obedience to all that God has for us. Praise God. I don't want just faith and I don't want just works. I want it to be mixed together. I want those things to be mixing in me. I want God to get me back on the potter's wheel and start putting some things in me and mixing me up. Praise God. Let's stand as the musicians come.